Listen up, you screwheads. You're listening to the Evil Dead cast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Richard. And I'm Chris. And I'm Rima. And this is the Evil Dead cast, episode 30. We heard a girl. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Guys, what are we going to do? I don't know. <laughs> get, get the holy water. <laughs> are you, uh, are, do you like Evil Dead? I love Evil Dead. <laughs> I knew that. You've come to the right place. Then. <laughs> yes. In case you guys didn't know, I bet you most people know, but um, Rima's part of the Podcastica Network. She hosts Strange Indeed with her co-host, Sean. They talk about Stranger Things and other strange Netflix shows. Like? Yeah. What else are you guys into? Well, we finished season four of Black Mirror not long ago, and we are currently in the middle of Altered Carbon, a new Netflix series that is pretty interesting. If you like Blade Runner and those types of sci-fi shows, uh, you'll dig it. It's pretty cool. It's a trip. Yeah. Chris, are you into Black Mirror? Love Black Isn't Mirror it so much. It's, yeah. it's yes. maybe my favorite show on TV right now. So good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we did a whole episode of our normal podcast about it oh, during yeah. the break in Walking mm. Dead. So love it. Love it. What about you, Rich? Have you seen that? No. Uh, sadly, I haven't seen it yet. It's kind of like Twilight Zone for the modern age. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Is that the one where they had the, the, it was like a parody of the Star Trek? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw that episode. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. That was cool. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, welcome to show, Rima. Glad to have you here. Thanks. I'm honored. I uh, We're going to open up this one a little bit different because I went to Walker Stalker London and one of the one of the guests was Bruce Campbell. And at the very end of the last day, one of my contacts called me and goes, hey, do you want to interview Bruce Campbell? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, OK, get over here right now. And mm -hmm. uh, I had no idea what to say, but I ran over there anyway and interviewed him for five minutes. And uh I'm gonna play it for you guys. <laughs> nice. And that's amazing. It, it it's uh you'll hear crowd noise and as I said, I had no clue what to ask, but hopefully you'll enjoy it. I'll play it and then I'll see what you guys think. Here we go. All right, hello sir. How are you? Good, good. I'm, I do an Evil Dead podcast. Okay. Love the show. Excellent. Uh, the season's still really funny, but it feels a bit scarier. Is that on purpose? Uh, well, our principle is kind of 50-50, mm -hmm. that 50% of it is supposed to be scary, and then the other 50% of it not, which could be creepy, weird, or funny, you know? Yeah. So we try and mix it up. It feels like it tipped a little scary. No? No? Okay. Um, it, it, every episode's different. Yeah. They are. Uh, this year with the new showrunner, has that been much different to you? or? Mark Verheiden, he's an old pal. Uh, he's a big veteran, and he introduced the idea of family. So uh, I think he came up with the idea of the daughter, giving Ash a daughter, which I'm all for. Yeah. It rounds out the character. It forces him to become a better guy. He has to not only save the world, but he has to raise an unruly daughter. Yeah. 
So. I love how he wants to be a, a good father. He I, does. I might have expected him to like be scared of it, but he's really going for he's it. He's trying for it, <laughs> but he's failing horribly. Yeah. Well, course. he has a line to her. He goes, you know, look, I may be a shitty father, but I'm also a shitty liar. You know? That's why we love him. He goes, I, I've, I've actually... It sounds like everything out of my mouth is a horrible lie or exaggeration. The demons did it. It wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't kill anyone. Yeah, it all sounds like over. bullshit. <laughs> and so what's nice is there's a huge arc for her to have to eventually, it's about, you know, six, seven episodes deep before she goes, okay, my father is not full of shit. My father is who he says he is. So everyone can fuck off. I'm back in it. You know what I mean? Nice. And she's, she's actually doing done. a great job. Yeah, I think so too. And she's just, she's so, she's very special. I hope she takes off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she will. So a couple more questions. Uh, if you, this is your last season, can you go to Netflix? Uh, we can, but don't forget, stars wouldn't really be that excited about that. Nobody likes to see their show taken somewhere else to succeed. Funny thing is, the first two seasons on Netflix went, they went yeah. viral, you it's know, so... It's about stars just being a subscription thing, that's the only problem. And it's so funny, modern day viewers, when it got on Netflix, I was getting tweets like this. Oh my God, yeah. I can finally watch it. Right. But listen to that mentality, yeah. meaning... It's been on Mars before. <laughs> like, there's no way to possibly get it. Here's what I think it is. People want one platform. Yeah. I want one bill. Right. I'm not searching for multiple platforms. I'm not downloading your fucking app. I want it simple, too. I want, no, I want a Netflix. Yeah. I want everything on Netflix. And if you wait, you can get it on Netflix. But the show will be canceled by then. Right. So it's it. We're caught in the modern TV world. You know, if we get canceled, they'll regret it two years later. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, there's always that delay. Because yeah. people have 47 shows queued up. They'll get to your show, but not right now. So if this season I heard you say that they, you know, made a good last episode, that in case it is the last one, it will feel complete. We're clean. Do you feel complete with this if it's yeah. over? Oh, hell yeah. You don't, you totally. don't itching to do more? Well... It's about have we told enough of a story or have we feel like we got cut short? The answer is I, we could say that we told enough yeah. the way we ended. I'm glad you did that. We have to. I was on uh, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. They canceled it in the off season. Nobody knew. They didn't even air the last episode and fans were very confused. I'm like, that sucks. So if you look at the end of every season, we actually tried to do that. So that you could leave it right there, yeah. Because you never know these days. So you, as a, as storytellers, we have to be ready for that. Like we don't, we can't guess what the giant corporation is going to do. So yeah. let's do our job to the fans and stitch it up every season. So, so I'm I'm very confident that if this if this is it, that we're we're good. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Are we ingrates for wanting more anyway? No, but you're cheap. Uh, <laughs> bastards that are slow in the uptake and it may not be fast enough to keep our show on the air. But I have to say, I think we've learned another lesson. Evil Dead has always been very culty. Yeah. Is there such a thing as cult television? I don't know. Like, is that an oxymoron? Right. Whereas television is designed to be for the freaking masses. That's what TV is. It comes to all of America. Whereas a little cult movie, you watch it on Fridays. 
get high with your friends, whatever, you know what I mean? You got to be so adult on Stars, though, so I'm glad you did that because you made the show you wanted to make. We I did make the show we wanted to make, and I have to say, we part of the reason we went for them was because of the content restrictions, yeah. which were zero. Right, I can tell. Zero, and, fan, and, and we have to learn to balance that, too. Just because you can do everything, right. you still have a story to tell. Yeah. You know, you have an arc. It's not just about swearing and putting your head up cadavers once. <laughs> That's not what it's all about. Okay. Thank you so Cheers, much. Yep. Thanks. Take it easy, okay. man. Thanks, Mike. There you go. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> that was just <laughs> so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very cool. I mean, once it was over, I was like, oh, we just talked about, you know, whether it was canceled and all this, and I wish we'd talked a little bit more about what was going on in the show, but he's very conversational, and I, I was just felt like I was hanging out having a beer with him or something. Yeah, it really flowed. <laughs> he brings up some really good points, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what did you think? About what he said. Yeah, well, the whole idea about, you know, uh, TV having been changed and not knowing what corporate America is going to do with your show. That, that must really suck as a show, you know, producer and runner and, and writers having to stitch it up every every season, like he said. I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know how that would work. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really did la- at the end of season two. They made that so that it could have been the end of the series with him getting cheered by the whole town. I think they didn't really do that at the end of season one because they had already been renewed for season two. So that was what was the end of season one? It was with all the sinkholes opening up. Yeah. But anyway, what, Chris? I, I, I'm just saying, I was going to say, I um, uh, listening to him talk and, and reading interviews and listening to other interviews and stuff like that with the whole cast. I'm sort of uh, surprised about how open they're being just talking about kind of sort of in general terms, but what's going to happen this season. Even mm-hmm. when you were talking to him, he said it's it's episode six or seven or eight, maybe where uh, Brandy starts to accept Ash as her father and stuff like that. And I'm like, some people might think of that as a spoiler, but that kind of stuff mm-hmm. has been out there yeah. uh, all over yeah. the internet since season three started, which I kind of like on one hand, they're just, they're not afraid to, yeah. to give us something, you know? I think in part, maybe it's because this show, the plot is almost there just to give them ex- an excuse to tell the jokes and do the gory scenes, you know, and that's really what it's, yeah, maybe. it's all about. <laughs> but uh, he, during his um, panel, you know, he goes and does a Q&A, he said some things that seemed like they could be super spoilery about, spoilery about the end of the series. And uh, I think mm-hmm. I'm going to say what that is at the end of this podcast. So any, it's really easy for anybody who doesn't want to hear it to just stop listening at that point but it was it, it was sort of hinting at something but I, I thought it was really interesting ah, cool well there's something in the news later too that i feel like is a little bit of a uh ending of the season spoiler okay too, so. maybe it's the same thing yeah. well, all right be careful <laughs> well i hope you guys enjoyed that but now let's move on to talk about this week's episode attention shoppers dead cast top three in five, four, three, two. All right, it's our Deadcast Top Three this week. It's our Top Three Highlights for Season Three, Episode Four, Unfinished Business. Remo, would you like to go first? Sure, I would love to. 
Um, I'm going to start off with my number three, and and it's it's because I've been given the platform to do so. This is kind of like a, more of a general comment. It definitely involves this particular episode, but just the show in general because they they I think they kill it every time um, in every episode is the music. Um, music is like a huge deal to me, and if the music in a show isn't good, it doesn't. Um, it just doesn't flow for me if, if they don't have, you know, like good music choices during certain scenes and making an impact. And I think that they do such a great job. They did it again in this episode when Kelly and Brandy are in the truck and air supply <laughs> comes on. <laughs> I mean, yep. such a, you would not expect that song to be playing in that particular scene because we get Pablo, you know, coming at them, you know, in the motorcycle and his head bursts through. <laughs> the windshield and splatters. I thought that was super cool. Not not like an expected type of music choice I would have expected, but I think it went really well. Kind of like um, the, what was episode two when we got AHA Take On Me um, at the, the sperm bank um, scene. Um, you know, not quite what you would expect, but somehow it really worked. And I just really love, you know, I, I've always dug since they started the show season one, they always have great music and music that I can relate to. I was in it's probably just slightly pathetic because I'm kind of stuck on this this music um, as well. And I read in an interview where Sam Raimi states that the music selected for the series is based on the lack of growth the Ash character has progressed over the past 30 to 35 years and that the music should reflect the last time he was engaged in society and living. And I thought, oh, shit, what's that say about me? I'm kind of- well, that's the thing is also it just happens that, you know, the hugest Ash fans are probably the ones like uh, the three of us who do this podcast. We were teenagers when it first came on. So mm-hmm. it's a huge <laughs> kick of nostalgia, except now yes. I can't ever hear uh, Take On Me, one of my favorite all-time songs ever, without thinking of somebody sliding around in semen. I know. It's going to take some time for that to get out of my head when I hear that song. <laughs> right. This episode the, gives All About Love a, you know, a whole new uh, meaning, too. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Whoever the music supervisor is on this show is doing a bang-up mm-hmm. job. Yeah. And, the, I, and when you first mentioned music, I thought you were talking about the score because there's also, you know, orchestral music or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's by Joseph Loduca. I don't know if he has anything to do with the like rock music, but I, I should be mentioned. He's been on. He's he did the music for the original Evil Dead movies, too. And now he does it for the series. And I meant to mention that back in the episode with the band room scene where they got to mess around with all the instruments and stuff. I'm sure he probably had a huge hand in that and he probably loved doing it because he got to mess around with deadites playing instruments. Yeah. Nice. After this episode, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was wanting to listen to some more air supply admittedly. So I (laughs) went onto YouTube and I was watching some of their videos. (laughs) I was watching making love out of nothing at all and lost in love. And it got the attention of my kids who are teenagers, and then they were loitering outside my room a little bit confused, and they're like, Dad, what are you listening to in there? I'm like, nothing. (laughs) Don't open the door. Yeah. No way. Me and Rich used to drive around in his, was it Toyota pickup? And blasting like Tiffany, I think we're alone now, and singing it, it, and uh, uh, totally clips of the heart. I'm never going to wash this hand again. That's someone very <laughs> secure in their masculinity to admit that. To admit that. Uh, <laughs> you guys sound like you were so cool. <laughs> we were banging, man. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Who wants to go next? Chris? Sure. Um, 
my my number three was uh well i love the music too but my number three was essentially that fight scene in the truck between uh, kelly and brandy and possessed pablo i thought it was an amazing scene i loved just how it started with pablo taking a header through the windshield at <laughs> just full speed like a rocket coming through that yeah thing. in the middle of a quiet conversation that's right and right into the opening title which was was fantastic amazing. but the the fight in general i just felt like had a they picked up the intensity a little bit or something and there was a there was a frenzy to it maybe because it was in such close quarters or something like that that uh that i thought was just amped up a little bit and you know the show is is for the most part super fun and i don't usually feel afraid for the characters even when they're fighting demons and so on but this one seemed a little more serious to me for some reason and and you know when he bit Kelly in the leg it really looked like it hurt and he gets uh, Pablo gets thrown out onto the hood and then jumps up and he's pounding on the car and just the whole thing felt really really intense to me and I um it was kind of just freaking me out a little mm -hmm. bit so I thought it was a really good fight and uh it was super fun and of course I was going to mention the music as well but Remy you already said that so I'll just <laughs> say I 100% agree with the music choice I mean that's kind of what I was getting at with with Bruce he didn't seem to agree but I feel like the show's a little more intense this season and and I think one of the things they were saying when they switched showrunners was they wanted it to be a little scarier yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't always feel that. Like when when Ash is you not know, always. When he's, yeah. yeah. When he's fighting in the sperm bank and stuff, that's that's <laughs> fun so and funny, and it's not so scary. But this one, like, I could feel the terror in that yeah. truck with the if two. If you're women ovulating and... female, it would be scary sliding around in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Just one saying. one wrong move, and you got triplets. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I suppose you have a very different perspective in that, yes. in that case than I do. <laughs> uh, Rich. Number three, you know, um, I, I it's, it's Brock again. I love Brock. He's yeah. my favorite. He's yeah. back. I don't know why I got such a hard on for this guy, but I do it. <laughs> Lee and Bruce, you know, they have such good chemistry and what Brock... You know what it is? What Brock says, I think, reminds me a lot of my own grandfather. When uh, when I was a kid, he would, you know, he would say things like Brock does, like when Brock kicked that guy down the stairs and says, "Hey, dumbass, you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> like it's his fault, you know. Uh, not that my grandpa was an asshole or anything. He just he, he just he and Brock kind of, you know, just have that old timey way of talking and thinking. So yeah. I was really happy to see him come back and and uh, as as a ghost. I thought that was great. He's not an asshole. He just likes to kick kick guys downstairs. Come yeah. on. <laughs> In fact, I mean, I he's so good, Lee Majors, as Ash's dad. And he's been really dismissive and insulting and vulgar. Just the kind of guy you would think might have raised Ash. Um, but in a way that's really funny and understated kind of but uh yeah. in this episode he had some of that like especially when uh, <laughs> he's uh, i think you'll make a really good father R really <laughs> no no <laughs> but uh Oof, and then he's gone but he was a little sweeter in this episode like when he found out ash was a, a dad he was proud of him oh good uh -huh. and what's she like and then um the whole thing about we finally got to find out what he what was so important right before he died. This is going to unravel yeah. the fabric of your life. And it turned out that it was just, I mean, it was just him wanting to show Ash that he thought he did something nice for him. That's all. <laughs> 
But then it actually was pretty important. Yeah. Finding the lost pages. Yeah. Which is funny because he didn't even know that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Lee Majors Plus, is so good as Ash's dad. I can't help but in my own mind feel like it's really his father. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, you know? I, I think of Lee Majors as Bruce Campbell's dad, which is <laughs> saying something. Maybe he is. What about, <laughs> like, we got Deadite Brock last, was it last episode or the one before? And uh, this time, this is completely unrelated. I mean, I guess they said that his grave got disturbed and that's why Ghost Brock came. But Ghost Brock is like a supernatural element that's not really related to the Necronomicon or anything like that. Is that okay? Yeah, I was a little surprised when he showed up and there was no explanation for it other than he's just a ghost being pulled out of his grave. So yeah. I was like, oh, well, okay. And again, you know, it didn't phase Ash a single bit. He was like, oh, hey, Dad. <laughs> right. I mean, I feel like this show has demons and other dimensions and time travel. Then why not just throw whatever you want in there, I guess? Of yeah. course. <laughs> and the, the, the best joke of the episode involved... Uh, involved ghost Brock when he walked through the door and then Ash just walked right into the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay. you know, since they were in a dream, maybe it would have been okay for him to walk through, but then it wouldn't have been funny. Oh, I thought it was so funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I didn't even really pick up on it the first time I watched. I watched this one three times and uh, and the second one, I just saw it coming. I, I, I must have blinked or something the first time and then the second time through, my God, I almost fell off the couch. I it was so <laughs> he, yeah, he had, uh, uh, Ash had some good classic cause you know, he can make something that you would think, yeah, that could be funny and just make it extra super duper funny. Like when those, sorry if I'm stealing somebody's number, but when those vines or whatever roots come through and start throwing them around in the cellar and they make him do the splits and he's like, Oh, my hammy. <laughs> my hammy. <laughs> that was classic, you know, just it the was. way they were throwing him around and, and his reactions. Oh, <laughs> yeah it was classic evil dead that scene i yeah. I, I for some reason i thought of those as tentacles not of roots but maybe you're right maybe I, they were tree roots yeah i don't know i don't really know but i don't know well really, really funny my number uh three is also brock and uh maybe we we said it all let me see yeah i pretty we pretty much covered brock though so let's move along rima number two my number two is just we we got to see a little bit more. I mean, clearly we were just talking about the memory that um, Ash and or that Brock took Ash into, and we got to see you know there was another night of Samaria that was looking for Ash, and we got to see uh, or find out that he had these missing pages from the book. And I just was totally trying to like recall this, but can you guys remind me again what was on those missing pages? I know you guys will help me on this one. I was wondering that well, myself because yeah. Ash said, those are the lost pages. And I know there were times in the movie where they had to gather up pages because they had certain words that would dispel the evil. And I don't know. I mean, that's what, wasn't it with the Knights of Samaria? I said that these are the only thing that can dispel the evil, but they have to be given to the prophesied one. Yeah, okay. I think that's all we really know about it. They don't really go into specifics, but in the movie and in the show now, it's it's... It, the pages contain uh, the secret to destroying evil. That's how they put it. 
Okay, well, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of about as far as what I got whenever I was trying to to dig it up because I haven't done a rewatch. I, I just jumped into season three. I didn't rewatch season two um, prior to watching, so I thought, oh gosh, did was this told before? And I thought maybe I mentioned or totally missed something again or something. But I thought, okay, um, I mean, it makes sense. And I, I remember in one of the movies it was referenced as well, um, something about you know missing pages. And I thought, oh gosh, but I thought that was you know cool anyway that we got to see there's more of them out there good or bad i don't know but i don't know was interested to see what you guys thought about that yeah i mean one thing that i um think i got but i'm not totally sure is uh ruby's talking to kaya in the book who we learned was one of the knights of samaria but turned evil got seduced by the power of the book and tried to control it or something and it sucked her Mm -hmm. in and it trapped her soul there and this uh she's saying that there's a portal that uh has been established and to the netherworld and it's only a matter of time before the dark ones will break free the ones that ruby trapped there and so they say that the portal got established because one of the knights of sumeria uh, made contact with the prophesied one and to go back to where the book first was unleashed in these times so that sends ruby to the cabin where she finds dalton who's the knights of sumeria and i think she was trying to get i'm not sure what information she was trying to get from him but i think really the portal was when the other knight of sumeria um when ash went down into the cellar and was where he was that's where the portal really was right and that's why we saw that we saw him see brandy's friend trapped inside there which which made me wonder if all the people who've ever been turned into deadites like maybe their souls are trapped yeah their souls are that's what i got yeah their souls are trapped that was my first thought too hey that's a good that's putting it together really good i didn't think of that awesome yeah no and jason you did a good job summarizing it there but (laughs) for some reason for some reason i didn't put two and two together with the portal being in the basement of the of the, the hardware, hardware store. store. Yeah, I think that's, so. That must be what it is. That's so. that's clearly what it is. And I think it's hilarious that that place has a basement and Ash did not know even though he's opened <laughs> it up as his own. And right. also I, know, that I thought the same. No one's been down there for 30 years or whatever or for oh, I guess it's 6 years and he's like, yeah. "God, the furnace guy could have come or something like that. <laughs> yeah, God forbid. Yeah. God forbid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was yeah. pretty cool how they played up the whole idea of Ash being in another cellar uh, uh, too. He's like, I kind of got some experience with this here. You know? <laughs> yeah, with yeah, corpses and cellars or whatever. <laughs> yeah. When when um, Ruby went to pull what's his name out of the dirt. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I can't remember Dalton. his name. Dalton. Dalton. You already forgot. When him. she. Yeah, he I know. Uh, he's that's forgettable. Okay. <laughs> I said last week, I'm so glad he was dead. But anyways, uh, she had just told Kaya that she was going to find a suitable host to bring her back. And I thought right. she was going to get him to use as the host body or something. Ah. But it didn't work out that way because he blew his own head off. But that's that's what I thought she was doing there. I think it's going to be Kelly. Yeah, because no, be I right. think, well, what about Brandy, though? Because they need Brandy to kill Ash, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking that Brandy would kill Ash. So maybe Kelly would be the host, but I guess you're right. It could be the same person. Could be, but Kelly now has Pablo's face in her leg, which Ugh, I thought was yes, super, so gross. super gross. <laughs> the mustache super made awesome. 
even grosser it than made it worse. Oh, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but maybe because he's in there or something, they can the Kaya can come through. I I don't know. There's there's a lot of options here. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it'll. I, I yeah, I'm guessing it'll be one of those two though. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Where are we? Was that? I'm lost. That was my number two. Rit- so mine now, Rit- I guess. And um, I just had the um the whole um. Uh, sort of flashback part with Ash and, and Brock as number two. We've really talked about it, but I do think it was really, really well done uh, just overall. And I know they mentioned It's a Wonderful Life actually in the in the episode, but those kind of scenes re- sometimes remind me of A Christmas Carol as well. And I think here, because it was back to Christmas time, it, it enhanced that for me a little bit. But yeah. I just thought it was so well done. And I love seeing this show do something like this because I know this kind of storytelling device is not exactly unique, but I don't really expect it in Ash versus mm-hmm. Evil Dead. And they put and, their spin um, on it. They put yeah. their own spin on it. That's right. And and I think they did a really great job. And of course, we, um, Brock mentions Ash's full name too, Ashley Joanna Williams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think and that's just, the first time we ever found out what the J stands for. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know it. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. So I, uh, you know, I was shocked to hear it and, and they made a funny joke out of it too. So, <laughs> yeah. Cause he's like, thanks for naming me that, by the way. He's all right. But it, it hey, makes him, ma- it makes you harder, tough. right? Getting beat yeah, up. Yeah. Tough. It's like that song, um, a boy named Sue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I just uh, love it. Cause you, you always wonder why his first name is Ashley. That's kind of weird. And now his middle name's Joanna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, look at the him whole, today. The whole thing I think was done really well. And as you said, Jason, they put their own spin on it, which really worked. Yeah. They even had some Charlie Brown music playing in the beginning. Christmas music as the snow was falling. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Rich. Number two, uh, I got uh, Kelly. Uh, you know what? Kelly really gave me a kick this time around. I, I usually don't talk too much about Kelly, but uh, I got a kick out of Take Charge Kelly this episode. You know, she she uh, she tells Brandy to stick around uh, when Brandy was about ready to leave, and she and continues to you know to convince her in the trailer that Ash is the man and is trying to protect her. She backs up Ash about Miss Previtt, and uh, and you know she has enough love for Pablo not to keep her head and. And uh, not kill him with the dagger. And now mm-hmm. she's got a little Pablo on her calf and everything. <laughs> and actually, actually, out last, uh, I actually laughed out loud too when she did her little attempt at humor when she when she told Brandy she's all hey, it makes high school seem a lot less awful. Am I right? And then she immediately was like, oh, that was terrible. Yeah. Well, she saw that she wasn't gonna laugh, and she's like, okay, whatever. Just- yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was like trying to be like Ash, I think a little bit. She's like, oh, oh, that didn't work. Yeah, especially the part about keeping her head when Pablo's a deadite. Um, I mean, not only and not killing him, but also just not freaking out because that's that's her buddy. But she has seen so much now and she's so capable that she just keeps it all together and handles anything that comes up. And at this point in the series, yeah, I can totally believe that based on what they've all, all been through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed all the scenes with, with Kelly and Brandy. I think they did a, did a great job. And... Um, like you said, Rich Kelly was taking charge, but I feel like Brandy's slowly coming around a little bit, you know, starting to uh, be less just totally freaked out about everything that's that's going on, even though she's still kind of uh, 
kind of freaked out by it all, but uh, I really enjoyed their scenes together. I think they were really, really great. And when, when Brandy was looking through the drawers for medicine, maybe, or something, and all she finds is Ash's gross stuff, she gags a little <laughs> bit. Like, it's so classic. It's been gay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Old man stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But Pablo's got me worried now, man. He's yeah. Is he a deadite or is he yeah. just possessed or what's yeah, happening now? Because we've seen him possessed before, but it was a different kind of possession. It was by Ball or Bill. Yeah. So the the only time other other time we've seen a main character become a standard deadite was Amanda, and she's dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Other than Ash, I mean, he in the movies kind of got possessed and came back from it. Yeah. Mhm. I mean it's still a little bit unexplained. I'm a little yeah, the rule the rules are pretty loose, I would say for this stuff. But um I'm a little worried for him, but if I had to bet, I'd bet he's coming back and it'll be no problem. Yeah. I would agree with that, but mm-hmm. I am slightly concerned. I don't want to see anything bad happen to Pablo. Mm-hmm. No, but we love Pablo. I was kind of, I think I might have even said it on the podcast, I was hoping that Pablo would be, this actually leads into my number two, which is Deadite Pablo, that he would become a standard Deadite because I wanted to see, you know, just him ah, unleashed. And I thought he looked great and he sounded great and the way he moved, he was jumping around like Spider-Man and uh, it was kind of actually fucked up seeing him attack Kelly but in a twisted great evil dead way but the only thing that I wish is I wish he had better lines because he just kept talking about how he wanted to eat them moist and juicy and um, I think it would have been a great opportunity for him to do some you know classic needling that they do get under her skin somehow and it would have been interesting to see yeah. how deadite pablo what what he could say to get at her and they didn't really do that no, no they just right. called back he called back to the um vagina, vagina line vagina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. powerful vagina <laughs> right 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 that's true yeah it's true it was a missed opportunity because it seems like whenever you see some of the folks turning into deadites in the show they they do typically have some pretty great lines especially mm-hmm. if it's someone that you know Asher or, or any of them know someone that has turned into a dead eye it's like they know the things to kind of really get to them to kind of get into their head a little bit and exactly. it seemed like it didn't quite happen you know for Pablo but I don't know if it's so much he's a dead eye or if he's just possessed because it was because he started to like the the words from the book like were appearing back on his like when he was lifting his shirt and you could see the words from the book on his abdomen is because the book was like activated again or come back because they started reading from it again so maybe because it's more of a possession so maybe i mean i worry for him too but i just have hope that if if they can like again like somehow banish the book or or whatever they can do to like suppress it and he'll be able to come back but i think it's that activity from the book that you know ruby keeps using it um and and you know doing her spells and incantations and such that i think that's what's reactivated it back in pablo so i'm i'm hopeful that that's what it is and he'll come back yeah he probably will and also i mean i don't know if there's two pablos now or if he's completely subsumed into kelly's leg but either way next week maybe he'll have some good needling lines to get under her skin 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if he spends any time in the leg. Like, he's yeah. right there. <laughs> the last we saw was when she the discovered con- it. And I forget what he said. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> he says, come in for a kiss, thing. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she'll be like, what if she has to just live with it? Will she have to, like, feed him and stuff? Give him a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what really gross. made that little Pablo gross was the mustache. Yes. That was gross. It yeah. was. <laughs> Disgusting. He's man. got quite a stash. <laughs> At least it didn't show up somewhere else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, Jason? <laughs> Never. Please Never elaborate. <laughs> Let's move on to Remus number one. <laughs> Is it back to me already? <laughs> this show moves um, fast. Okay, so I, I think that we have to talk a little bit about that little demon baby. Mm-hmm. That oh my god. Holy oh, cow. You said it, sister. I mean, geez, that that scared me. That was, uh, you know, I thought this was a pretty great episode. It did have some great comedy in it, and it wasn't super scary, but that moment, um, that little kid, like, opens his mouth and all those teeth um, scared the hell out of me and thought it was very <laughs> disturbing. Um, but, you know, I, I was just curious what you guys thought about... Um, do y'all find it disturbing when like they have in TV shows uh, or movies like babies and toddlers, they, they, this baby's covered in blood and he's sucking on a disembodied finger. Do you guys think that's disturbing at all to see child actors doing those kinds of things? Or are you okay with it for the entertainment value of the show? What are your thoughts? Totally fine. It makes me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, good. I'm of the same mind, but I wanted to see what other people thought because uh, I thought maybe I'm just that sick and twisted that I'm okay yeah. with it. Nah, they're getting paid. Come on. <laughs> that kid was like probably 17 years old. <laughs> just kidding. Right, yeah. Um, I, it reminded me of tiptoeing around my one-year-old's crib trying not to wake him up because I need a rest i don't have to deal yeah. with him you know it's like the total nightmare extreme version of that yeah trying not to have the floor squeak that's kind of how they appear too when they when you wake them up they get their big mouth and they're like, <laughs> they're like oh shit i'm sorry 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 and then i like the light light bulb explodes in a puff of yellow flame and it's pitch black and he's all what's norway for up shit's creek <laughs> <laughs> so good what's the- norway Right. And and that's right after he called her large foreign person. Yeah. <laughs> Such a jerk. I know. Um, that's the, our this, ash. The, when the baby opened the mouth or the kid, the toddler, I guess, opened its mouth at the end and the teeth, I was horrified by it too. But the scream is what did it to for me. Like it was so mm-hmm. high pitched and, and awful that I just, it just made my skin crawl. I, I didn't like that last shot at all (laughs) and i'm i don't i don't want to see that kid anymore but i have a feeling it's gonna play a big part in next week's episode i like that ash usually he's like all right i got this handled and and in this case he's like oh we're fucked yeah (laughs) (laughs) goes beyond the the normal deadite imagine being in that situation that happens and then the lights go out right like i'd be like I'd die of fright. It wouldn't matter what happens <laughs> no, next. I, I didn't like it either. Cause I'm with you. I, I don't deal, like I can, you know, deal with a lot in scary movies, but creepy kids really get to me. And that was super creepy and disturbing. So, and it was, it was kind of shocking to see how, well, maybe not so shocking to see how quickly he grew, like from this newborn baby to now he's like this two, three-year-old 
looking toddler or something. And um, yeah, that was disturbing. And um, I don't just no lights out on creepy kids. <laughs> all yeah, around. no. And I like how he's like, they're like, he's miming, I'll turn on my chainsaw. No, no, no. She's like, you wake the kid up, then he'll slit your throat. And then he's like, okay, I'll put my hand on and just turn the pipe and pop it off like that. (laughs) (laughs) And then when he sticks his hand on there, it's like the creakiest pipe that's ever existed. And they're like, oh, "Oh, shit. I think the, uh, I think the large foreign person is going to die. Yeah, that's do you think? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a given. Huh? Yeah, uh, pretty sure that'll be the first thing that happens. <laughs> well, babies wake up hungry, so somebody's oh, yeah. gotta go. Uh, oh yeah, this show moves so fast. I, I was thinking about it because last week I listened to your guys' podcast and liked it a lot, and you guys were sort of musing. Huh, I wonder if we'll find out whether Pablo uh, was the one that killed Brock and maybe that'll be a point of tension between Pablo and Kelly for a while and then like first thing he just busts through the window as a deadite <laughs> yeah <a> minutes. <laughs> but it's kind of nice you know because we're when you podcast about the walking dead where they have the same storyline for two years it's nice when things pop along like this on on the other oh. show mm-hmm. Ash mm-hmm. evil dead moves stuff along mm-hmm. and you're right it's it's good in this episode especially this episode was dense there was a lot of stuff going on here yeah yeah in fact we didn't really say what we thought in general and i'm liking it more talking to you guys as usual but this was probably my least favorite i still liked it but it Whoa. felt a, a lot of like a lot of plot stuff and less jokes to me that's amazing yeah. this was my favorite of season three <laughs> i i loved this one so much and i i made a note here that i think season three is getting better every week so I'm surprised to hear that it was your least favorite because I felt felt the opposite. I meant I meant it was my favorite. Okay, <laughs> I feel better now. <laughs> okay, where are we? That was Almost. my number one, Chris. All right, so it's my number one. Well, um, it's a simple one, maybe. But speaking of the the pipe that he tried to bust off the sink there, so he grabs it and and his hand clamps and it doesn't work. And we also saw that at the beginning of the episode where he tries to drink the beer and his hand clamps and and uh, destroys the beer. So yeah. what's up with Ash's hand? It's not working very well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Huh? Damn Pablo and his cheap imported parts. <laughs> that's well, it's, yeah, but is it more than that? Is he going to need that hand at a key moment that it's not going to work for him? I'm a little out. concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, they're showing us yeah. for a reason, right? Well, everything happens for a reason. And if that hand isn't yeah. working, it's bad news for Ash. What was the mm-hmm. first time it didn't work? Right at the beginning when he's chopping up um, Brock. uh, Brock's body, he <laughs> takes a break, he grabs a beer and he opens it oh, and then the yeah, hand clamps right. and it yeah. mm-hmm. crushes the Shakespeare. beer all Well, maybe that was it. Maybe that was to show that it was malfunctioning and then the key moment was what we just saw where he couldn't let go of the sink. Well, yeah. maybe, but maybe. I think it's more, I think there's more to it. I think the hand is is malfunctioning and it's going to become a problem, yeah. a big problem. I want to see, well, I may, this doesn't quite make sense, but I was going to say disembodied robot hand fight disembodied other hand. <laughs> <laughs> they Why not, wrestle. man? Why not? Anything's <laughs> possible. <thumb> <laughs> well, and maybe instead of it being to his disadvantage and not working when he wants it to, maybe it will malfunction in a key moment that will actually help them. You're right, actually. It could go either way. Yeah. You're so optimistic. 
<laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I just feel like they're they're setting something up with the hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, as I we agree. were just the saying, irony of it all is that they're in a hardware store. <laughs> <laughs> Smack it with a hammer. Yeah, that's right. Rich. Bad hand. Bad hand. Uh, number one, I, I'm with Rima. I got the toddler Ash was my number one. There's so many possibilities now. You know how they ended this episode with little Ash. Well, what's going to happen? Is he is, is Ash going to quickly dispatch the little bastard like he normally does with Deadites, or is this going to be the start of some sort of epic battle? Mm-hmm. The, you know the kid. So let's let's get this straight, right? The kid is supposed to uh, be Ash, right? As a boy, you know, he's supposed to grow up and kill Ash and take his place. Well, all we know for sure is that, I mean, I was thinking about this, like when we saw Ruby um, rub her blood onto the page of Ash's image and then Mm -hmm. erase it, and then it kind of mixed hers and his blood, or at least whatever blood that made his image together into the same, you know, pool of blood that she then stuck into her mouth. So I think it's supposed to be some kind of a child of Ruby and and Ash, but I don't know if it's going to be... Ash himself, maybe. You know what I mean? Mm. We don't know that yet. Oh uh, yeah, I mean like physically. Yeah, it could just be another person that's Ash, like Ash's son or or Ruby's son, or I don't know. I mean, I well, think it probably will be. Yeah. What if he calls Ash daddy? Well, wasn't <laughs> it that they said that um, this this little? I like how you said it, Rich. The little Ash here. I think that's a good nickname <laughs> for him. Um, yeah. Is that he's supposed to be uh, at least have Ash's blood because he's going to take over as the prophesized one once they yeah. take out. Yeah. After yeah, the, after they, yeah. you know, have um, like they're wanting Brandy to take out Ash and have this little Ash then take over as the prophesized one. So I think that kind of matches what, what we think as far as it being his blood instead of like his semen and being made the old fashioned way. It was with like whatever blood that was on that page. So mm. that, that's how I made that connection. But this all means that Ash should kill him, right? I mean, I think he's going to have a chance to grow up before that happens. That's my guess. Mm. You know, like, I don't think he's going to kill him as a kid next episode. Yeah. I don't think so. But that's, no, you can't yeah, predict this well, show too well. So maybe. so many possibilities, right? Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. That's, that's part of the fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my number one was that summary I gave a little while ago about what I thought was happening. So instead I'll do lines um, mm. and you guys jump in if you want. But um, I liked when Brock said, remember the night I died. And by the way, we saw that and his head really did get totally smashed in. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he came back, I guess the deadite magic kind of filled it out again. Yeah, but anyways, Ash is like, "How could I forget? It cost me three hundred bucks to get the fender pounded out. <laughs> <laughs> you spent more than yeah. that damn fender than you did on my funeral, cheapskate. That's not true, ish, ish, ish." <laughs> uh, or Kelly says, "Ash may be a perverted drunk with racist tendencies, but he has his moments." That pretty much yeah. sums him up. Yep. Oh, I kind of this isn't like super hilarious, but I liked when Ash realized. Okay, so the dead guy in those missing pages are still down in the cellar. Wow, okay, get me out of this memory. Just the way he said it, kind of like, get me out of this memory. I don't know. There was something about that. that it was kind of matter of fact. He's yeah. like, I've had enough of this. Get me out of this memory now. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Good um, one. What else? 
Oh, I just thought it was funny that Ruby called the Knights of Sumeria numbskulls, knuckleheads, and delusional morons at different <laughs> points. I wonder what she thinks of them. <laughs> and then the last one is when uh, the guy, the Knights of Sumeria guy with the Lost Pages said he was one of the Knights of Sumeria. And Ash says, wait a second, I think Kelly's bonking one of those guys as if that she's bonking them is the salient fact. <laughs> Right, that's the important thing. <laughs> I thought Brock, yeah, he, he Brock, I think, took over most of the uh, the funny lines because usually it's Ash, but I think Brock had most of them this time. Like what? That's true. Uh, one of the ones that made me laugh is like uh, when they were in the in the memory and um, they were listening to the Night of Samaria. Uh, you know, tell the alive Brock is like, your son is in danger. He's targeted by a great evil. And the ghost Brock was like, well, for all I know, he could have been a porn salesman. <laughs> <laughs> right. Has a lot of them come around? Like, <laughs> yeah, great evil, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he's at one point, he's like, you mean that book stuff was real? <laughs> yeah. I liked when Kelly came into the house looking for them and she just goes, Ash, Pablo's dick deep in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like that. <laughs> and then. And then right at the end, when the kid is chewing on the thumb, Ash just goes, okay, that is a choking hazard. <laughs> <laughs> Least of their problems. <laughs> yeah. He looked pretty worried, which I love. When, when, whenever um, Ash looks creeped out or freaked out, I like that. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. got great facial expressions. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any notes or anything else? I get, I guess I have a couple. I I did think it was funny that on <clears throat> that on the side of Brock's truck it said Brock Williams has wood. <laughs> funny, funny stuff. Um and then I don't know if we've ever noticed this before. Maybe we have, but the, there was the poster in Ash's trailer that says Hail to the King baby on it. Obviously oh. an Evil Dead thing. Mm, I feel like we we would have noticed that by now, but yeah. maybe it was new. Um and then something that struck me watching this one was also just all the houses that they go to, Ruby's big house and uh, Ash's house. They're all old and run down and kind of dumps, but they also yeah. seem to have this antique charm to them for some reason. And mm-hmm. I find it amazing how they can kind of balance that. So they're creepy. They're creepy. And they're creepy. Too. Yeah. Yeah, the one where the kid is and the large foreign woman, that reminded me of, I don't know if any of you guys play Resident Evil, but it it reminded me of uh, a setting in Resident Evil, the stairways Mm. and the hallways and stuff. Right. Very much. Yeah, yeah. Video game-ish. Vintage. Yeah. Did you guys catch there when uh, Kelly and Brandy were in the, uh, the hallway and Brandy was about to leave the house, uh, Kelly goes, hold up, Daria. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I don't. I didn't get that. What is that supposed to mean? That's the MTV cartoon Daria, where she was all sullen and and oh. whiny and negative all the time. Oh, okay. Or maybe not uh, whiny, but just like kind of a downer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple small ones. Uh, I liked that Kelly mentioned to Brandy that she she's seen Ash's image in the book it just is clear that she sees him now as this special chosen one and she respects that. So that was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed there was a whole bunch of unopened spam on the shelves in the cellar. Mm-hmm. And then there's a dude with a bunch of open ones who then seem to starve to death. So that didn't totally make <laughs> sense. 
Maybe you just I couldn't take you, any more spam. Yeah, I think yeah. you can only have you so can, much spam before you'd rather limit. starve to death. There's a limit. <laughs> right. Died from high blood pressure, probably. Oh my god, that too. <laughs> uh, I thought that that gun that Dalton shot himself with was pretty small looking handgun, and then it totally blew his head off. Is that? Yeah. We need Jason I'd, on here to tell us if that could actually happen. I'd <laughs> say you're overthinking it. Okay. Hey, the caliber right. of the bullet. Okay. And then. Hey, did you guys suddenly have any respect for Dalton? I mean, he kind of went out a little bit heroish there. I, I had a little bit of respect for him at the end. You know, you're yeah. kind of right. He yeah. didn't. He didn't give up the information. He no. put himself out instead. He didn't whine. He didn't piss and moan. He just blew his head off. Do you think That's he's true. gone for good? Yeah, well, I yeah, think he's he gone have for good. Now. Is anyone really yeah. gone for good in this show? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> also look, a good at, point. look at Brock. Yeah, oh, that's true. Brock didn't have a head either. <laughs> 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 no, I always thought Dalton, unless he turned out to just be a total liar, which he didn't in the end, probably was a formidable guy. But um, he just uh, seemed like an outsider and a fourth wheel anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't need him. Maybe a no, little precious I... about his gluten, gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> and then let's see. With the last thing, uh, Ash found Ruby because Brock knew it, it wasn't clear either Miss Previtt or a relative of Miss Previtt, so knew where they where her house was. And I'm still like, why did has Ruby been around as Miss Previtt? Like, did she take over someone's identity or? Uh, why would she actually use the real name? Uh, you know, I'm just like, how did that all happen? I guess I'm overthinking mm. that too. I shouldn't worry about it. <laughs> well, it's a good question though. Like how come nobody noticed that suddenly Miss Previtt was somebody else? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know? I thought the same thing. I thought, how did they not know she might look just a little bit different? I don't know. But yeah. Oh, like well. 30 years oh, younger. Well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Anything else? Nope. You guys covered all my notes. <laughs> yeah. I think I got it. All right. We'll take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. Okay, this week in news about Evil Dead, there's a video game, guys, coming out called Phantom Halls, and it's actually kind of already been partially released. Uh, Steam does this thing called Early Access, where they put out sort of like beta versions of games, and people can download them and try them, and then um, they can have an impact on the development as the developer of the game is, is working on it. So this thing called Phantom Halls is out there already, and it's called a squad-based survival comedy horror adventure. And it's <laughs> There's a lot in there, yeah. Summarized like this. Enter a haunted mansion and prepare to face the undead terrors that stalk the Phantom Halls. Squad up to survive the night using whatever you can find. And the reason I bring this up is because they are currently in development of an Evil Dead 2 content pack for it. Oh. So, yeah, so they've recently launched a Kickstarter to raise money to finish the development. And one of the things you can get if you back the game on Kickstarter is the Evil Dead 2 pack, because once it's actually released, 
it'll become paid DLC. Uh, so if you want to get in early and get a free copy of that, then you can go to the Kickstarter page and back the game. But um, the company that's developing the game said, we've started putting together an officially licensed Evil Dead 2 pack featuring Ash as a fully playable character and a ton of quests based on the film lore, including unique locations like the infamous cabin and Cursed Forest. So it looks pretty fun. It looks kind of like a side-scroller type game. Uh, there's some videos of gameplay out there. But uh, they're targeting a Halloween 2018 release for the full game, which includes the Evil Dead 2 content pack. So it looks pretty fun if you're into that sort of thing. What's it called? How cool is that? It's called Phantom Halls. Cool. Sounds and I, awesome. I don't. Yeah, the Evil Dead stuff will just be a, like an add-on, so they'll be the standard game as well. But it does kind of look within the vein of of Evil Dead, at least uh, at least that sort of theme or uh, genre. Anyways, looks fun. Um, as we all know, Bruce was in London this past weekend for Walker Stalker Con, but he was also there promoting the, uh, his recent book. Um, so he was, he did a, a reading at, I think the Entertainment Earth store in London, which is a place I went to last year when we were there, Jason, it's a pretty cool, like comic and toy and mm. sci-fi shop. Uh, so he was of course asked about the competition about the walking dead. And he had this to say, he said, these are my brothers. I'll never turn a dark eye towards The Walking Dead. I'll never say a disparaging word against any of those guys. Greg Nicotero's a homie after Evil Dead 2. These are my brothers. So it's all good. Uh, here's where I'm glad. They brought horror into the mainstream. Horror was literally in the shadows. Horror has come out of the shadows. <laughs> it's come out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's funny to hear him say that because I'm not so sure I totally agree. But what do you guys think? Do you think the evil... I mean, do you think um, The Walking Dead brought horror sort of to the mainstream. I know it did in a way, but I think horror has always been around. Well, maybe on TV more. <laughs> I think um, TV's gotten more horrific and violent after The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah maybe I you're right. Horror seemed to be more movie-centric than yeah. TV. So yeah, I agree with that. True. All right. Well, that's that's cool. I guess Walking Dead opened some doors for Evil Dead on TV, at least then. So now he was also asked about other shows he's been on, and he, he ended up saying that he was relieved when Briscoe County Jr. was canceled uh, because he said it was such a hard shoot to do long hours and difficult stuff. And he said, so when they canceled it, yeah, I danced a jig. There may be a little <laughs> dance in the sand when Ash versus Evil Dead rides off into the sunset. And they followed up asking if Ash versus Evil Dead is just as hard a show. And he said, for a guy who's pushing 60, yeah, I look around and go, shit, why am I still doing this? I'm lying face down in <laughs> cellars covered in blood. <laughs> Which, again, I was a little surprised to hear him say, because sometimes he's just sort of like, this is, you know, all fun and games and everyone's having a great time. Uh, but here he's sort of saying that, you know, maybe I'm getting a little too old for this shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's pushing retirement age. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. he's, he's getting up there. Uh, but I think we should probably post a link to the rest of this uh, interview, Jason, with the show if we can. Cool. Or somewhere, maybe tweet it because there's lots of stuff in this interview. He talks about doing superhero movies, uh, why people who work in law enforcement seem to love Evil Dead so much, his directing uh, career, all kinds of things. So it's a pretty extensive uh, interview. Awesome. Uh, I didn't know he was a director. 
well, he he talked about directing a little bit. I think he did cool. some TV episodes. I mm-hmm. couldn't tell you which ones, but probably uh, some of the shows he's been on. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Fright Rags. They are uh, a site that sells clothing, socks, pins, things like that. They have released a 25th anniversary collection for Army of Darkness. So if you're into that kind of stuff, you can find some classic designs, some new stuff. It's all Army of Darkness related, shirts, socks, other clothing items. And uh, there's some good stuff in there. So if you want to wear some Army of Darkness gear, it's a good place to get it. That's FrightRags.com. It's actually Fright-Rags.com. And if you browse the collections, you can see what they have. Um, And they also have collections for the other Evil Dead films as well. But not specifically the TV show, which I was a little disappointed on. Mm. So you're not getting Pablo's. Yeah, you're not getting Pablo's face on your chest, but uh, there's still some good stuff. Or on your leg. (laughs) Or on your leg, yeah. (laughs) I wonder if any hardcore fans will tattoo all like what Pablo has on his body all over themselves. Oh my God, that would oh, be amazing! Oh. <laughs> if, if you're yeah, out there and you do that, a little too far. Hey, I don't know. If you've seen some of these guys at the conventions, they've got like characters from The Walking Dead tattooed all over their body. They do. Wow! wow. But doesn't that show kill off a lot of its characters? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> tattoos are forever. Uh, if anyone does have. Ash or Evil Dead tattoos all over their body. Send them pictures because I'd love to see yeah. that. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, all right. Finally here, another interview with Bruce with Collider. And this one I did feel was a tiny bit spoilery for the the end of the season. But it, it addresses something that's on one of the posters for season three. Uh, so it's not too bad. But if you're really sensitive to that, then maybe skip ahead. Uh, so one of the posters is kind of Ash in the jaws of a giant monster, like a big tooth monster. I don't know if you guys have seen this poster, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think it was mm. I think it was one of the first ones that came out. And anyways, they asked him about this in the interview and he said, "Yeah, it's Cloverfield at the end. It's the ultimate. It's the <laughs> reckoning. This is it. Wow. It's being foretold and Ash is being tested. The slogan of this season is test the metal of the man. This is the test and he's going to have to endure it." Wow. So we might get a huge boss fight at the end of season three. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward to it, but I can understand how some people might not want to know that going in. So I hope I didn't ruin yeah. that for anybody. Yeah. Well, we know the show's building up to something big. Yeah. I guess that's it, huh? Yep. That might be it. That might be it. Yeah. So there's some exciting stuff to come, it sounds like. But uh, that's it for the news for this week. Cool. Cool. Sweet. All right, it's time for some listener feedback. Want to go first, Rima? <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> because the first one is what? It's for me. <laughs> so this is you didn't know you were going to be on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. I just wanted to contribute. Um, so, of course, this was talking about the previous episode, episode three from last week. Um, so I said it was on point with the gore, and it was awesome to see Lee Majors again and gone too soon, it seems. But I didn't feel there was much happening. Yeah, Dalton died, but we barely knew him. So, of course, I was wrong because we got some more Lee Majors, <laughs> which I was completely. Yeah, we got to know Dalton maybe just a little bit more. And uh, hey, we got more Lee Majors, and that makes me a happy girl. <laughs> me too. Rich, I mean, Chris. Makes you a happy girl too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, me, Derek O'Neill writes. 
Really enjoyed this episode. The slapstick in the funeral home was brilliant, but the outro song by Bruce Campbell and Lucy Lawless was the icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, from Scott Pike. Evil Dead at its best. Three Stooges meets Lovecraftian horrors. Yeah, good description. Okay, and we got one call, and that is from our good friend, Steve Brown. Hey, guys, it's Steve from Oklahoma City. I'm, uh, here is my thoughts on the season so far. Uh, I love that Kelly did not give Colton uh, the dagger, or Dalton, or whatever his name is. I'm glad he's a deadite. Glad they didn't spend too much time on that whole him trying to convince Kelly that Pablo had killed him. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's going to come back as an as an issue. Um, but uh, I loved the the camera effects, especially in this most recent episode. Apparently, Dad, it seemed like we're back to the camera on the ground. The and the actual evil force is now killing people instead of using others to kill. So I liked that. Um, I think when a body is embalmed, I think they remove all the blood. So it was it was probably a good thing that they didn't have blood spewing out of the corpse's neck in the funeral home scene and uh love that lee majors was back and i'm um, loving that he's coming back for the next episode as well can't wait to see what they do with him um i had a thought i wonder if they paid him a million dollars for that six minutes but uh, anyway uh, guys love your podcast love what you do can't wait to hear your thoughts thanks bye cool nice. yeah i've really enjoyed the uh, camera camera work on this season too it's back to uh, Sam Raimi's old style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have done, and that's a really good point about the blood in the neck in the corpse. I I had said I was surprised I didn't it didn't just spew out of there, but it wouldn't have made sense. <laughs> 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 All right, now it's time for next week on Ashford's Evil Dead. Ah, next episode is titled "Baby Proof." So we got Ruby's House of Horrors reveals her master plan, as well as a little bundle of joy that terrorizes Ash. Pablo's brujo, uh, Pablo's brujo ties bring him back to the path he needs to take to reveal his true destiny in the battle against evil. Oh. Well, I guess... So I wonder what brujo. baby they're talking about. Yeah. I guess Pablo's back. Yeah, Pablo's back. Little quick side note here. I'm just looking at the list of episodes on Wikipedia, and next week's Baby Proof is the only episode that doesn't have a director listed. Huh. All the rest of them do. Hmm. So I wonder what that's about. I wonder if it's some surprise director or something. And Bruce Campbell. Hmm. <laughs> oh, see? <laughs> there you go. Maybe it is. I don't know. Should get Sam Raimi back in to do one. Oh, that'd be great. Should do the finale. All right, that's our show, episode 30. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for coming on, Rima. Hope you had a good time. I had an awesome time. Thank you guys so much for having me. I, I, I was afraid there'd be some weird or um, uh, some kind of initiation or something you guys would put me through, but you guys were super cool. <laughs> oh, I didn't yeah. Even think about that. Oh, well, well it's, com- <laughs> it's coming at the very end. <laughs> oh, okay. The- <laughs> Show's not over. Did you read through the, the agenda? <laughs> I did. Too okay. <laughs> soon. Well, if you want to call us, everybody out there listening, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can also email us at groovy at podcastica.com. 
And you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash evildeadcast or at evildeadcast on Twitter. And please check out the other shows on the Podcastica network at podcastica.com. You can find Jason's Walking Dead podcast there, and you can find Chris's at talkingdeadpodcast.com. All right, that is our show. Thanks for listening. We'll swallow your souls. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, <laughs> now I'm going to tell what um, Bruce said during his Q&A. So he, uh, I don't know if you guys heard this. I, I think maybe I heard this, but I'm not sure. I, anyways, did you see the, there were two endings for Army of Darkness? Yes, yeah. I've I've seen them both because it was on the yeah. DVD release, right? Yeah. Right. And yeah. what was the U.S. ending? The U.S. ending the, was not the one they wanted. They changed it. So I think the, the studio wanted it changed or something. And so I forget what. Oh, yeah, it was the S-Mart, right? Yeah. Shop the, Smart, the, Shop mm, S-Mart. That was the theatrical release, at least in the U.S. As yeah. far as I know, he comes back to the present and he's working at S-Mart. And then there's a dead art, dead art there. Yeah. yeah. And so, but the original ending that aired overseas, I think, and that they intended was that somehow he took like this sleeping potion, but he took way too much. And mm-hmm. uh, he ended up, he was trying to get back to his own time, I guess, but he ended up going way into the future. Yeah. And he, he's he old, comes out looking all cavemanish because his hair and his beard is all long. Yeah. So Bruce said that the plans for Evil Dead 4 if they made a sequel to Army of Darkness, was Ash in the future fighting robots and stuff. Oh, (laughs) wow. Robots. Yeah. So then he kind of suggested that maybe that's... Because he said, okay, we're going to end season three. uh, You know, like he was saying to me, every season they do the ending as if it could be the last episode of the show, just in case it doesn't pick up. But if we do go to season four, it will be set up to be unlike anything we've seen so far uh, on the show. And then he mentioned what I just said, that the original plan was for the fourth movie to be Ash in the future fighting robots. And he goes, and as you guys know, time travel does exist in this series. So he sort of set it up to be like something like that might happen. Wow. Hmm. Huh. Man, so evil takes over in the future and builds giant robots? I don't know. I don't <laughs> Ooh, Black Mirror style. <laughs> so I well, you know, Bruce Campbell could be telling the us. truth or he could be 100% full of crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I do Absolutely. believe that he he that the show is setting itself up to kind of reinvent itself, itself if it does come back. Yeah. Mm. Which is fine. I'm I'm all for something new and something different. I think it'll make for even more interest and excitement absolutely yep yeah totally